way. My camera got tilted up somehow. Welcome everyone to Down the Middle. Uh, before we get started, I'm going to tell you about this week's sponsor early, if I can open up the right app that has my information in it. This is a special sponsor brought to you by... Oh, wrong one. XKO Fight Night, May 26th on pay-per-view. Good friend of the channel and a close personal friend of mine. Uh, Sosa, Sosa, better known as Sosa Potence 300 on YouTube, will be fighting in the main event of this card. The link is in the description with the uh, discount code already put in to get you a special deal on this pay-per-view. It is a, like I said, uh, Muay Thai bouts. And it is going to be awesome. Sosa is a beast. I highly recommend you check it out on pay-per-view. And again, on YouTube, Sosa Potence 300. He does have fights on there, so you can check him out beforehand. He is a badass, and it would be awesome if you would support him in his professional fighting endeavors. But tonight, we're not talking about Muay Thai fighting. We're talking about wrestling. Specifically, the aftermath of Backlash, which I said right before we went on the air was much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, I watched it live, and it, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of other people have too. I started to watch it live with the... Not intention... Wow, sorry, I got distracted. There is a massively fat cat on the fence across my way. Like, this is... The cat is too fat to... It's an eight-foot fence, and the cat is on top of it. I don't see how that's possible. But anyway, I started watching. I started watching back. He's just chilling up there. Like he's if he moves any direction, he's gonna fall off. But I started watching Backlash with the intention of like once I get bored, I'll turn it off, and then maybe kind of like I do whenever I start watching any episode of wrestling. Like I start watching it, but if I start to get too bored with what's going on, I will just turn it off or. Go back and watch what I really cared about. But I watched the whole thing live. I was into it from start to finish, and I did not expect that because when we were making our predictions, I said I was going to give this pay-per-view like a C. Like, it was probably going to be like a C, C+. I'd give this one a strong A-. minus. I, I, I can agree. A solid A-. minus. The only reason I don't give it an A plus is because very little of what happened actually contributes to the main story in. Yeah, most of it wasn't super consequential, but some of it was. And some of the stuff that I didn't think was going to be super good ended up being really good. Um, but we'll just get right into it. So the first match we saw Bianca Belair defending her Raw Women's Championship against EO Sky. And holy shit, what a banger to open up the show. You know, it was it was definitely a killer match, but th I think I personally think on Bianca. I think she not personally she's starting to get stale, but I think she's starting to get stale with the fans. Well, I you can't judge it. For some reason, Puerto Rico was very much on EO Sky's side. I think it's kind of just, I think it's kind of in general just where she's been. I don't think people have really been on her side 100%. I think it's kind of in general. You know, maybe to a point, and I agree, she's been champion for a while. They pointed that out, and I didn't realize. I think something like 800 days, right? I think it's something like that, almost like 700. Something, something. She's been over a year, well over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be like over two years. No. Yeah. No, I mean, I know it would be, but is that right? Has she been champion for over two years? Yep. Not this, not this, uh, not this WrestleMania, but the WrestleMania before she faced uh, Shasha. How long? <laughs> That's where she beat her. Bianca Belair been champion. Oh, no, 405 days. So half of what we said, but still over a year. Somebody said something about 800 days, and I can't remember who they were talking about. Maybe it was Roman Reigns. No, Roman Reigns. I can't I recall. Lot, 
a lot of people rumored and said it was that long. But I yeah. thought it was not. I thought it was not this WrestleMania, but the WrestleMania before. I think be- you're right. I don't know. We'll have to fact check that. the 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 internet will fact check us, but that's what Google said was 405 days. But uh, I'm with you. Or maybe it was 380. I can't remember because that would be as of today. But regardless, EO Scott and like I want to clarify one thing because I think I noticed in some comments where I uploaded the prediction, some people misunderstood what I meant when I was talking about EO Sky, which I thought I was clear, but I'll make it clearer now. I love EO Sky. EO Sky is tremendous. I was only talking about the lead up to this match was lackluster that I thought even, and I believe I said, even though the match will be stupendous, it just won't have the same feeling because they haven't booked it up. I was fucking wrong. Like... Wow, EO Sky is so good. And if this shows anything, and small segue, can all wrestling crowds be like Puerto Rico? <laughs> like, I, I can't stress, yeah. Puerto Rico every week. Well, I can't stress this enough. Like, I, I think there are some people out there who don't understand how much the crowd influences the show. Yeah. I like, think it was something like- 14 years or no i thought somebody 20, said 18 something like something like that between 15 and 20 years that they've done a pay-per-view in puerto rico other than like some live shows every once in a while on a blue moon right but not a big show like that so but, they were feeding for like some action well i'm starting to wonder too like i kind of want to go back and what like ecw one night stand comes to mind the first one Mm-hmm. I wonder if that show would have been as good had the crowd not been so loud and into it. It kind of makes you want... I wonder if somebody could edit... The, I'm not suggesting somebody do this. It would be far too time-consuming. But I would be curious to watch it with the crowd sounds filtered out somehow and see... Like, I already know the answer. It wouldn't... It just wouldn't hit the same. Yeah, I, I don't... I think this was rested in general. Like once you filter out that crowd. Well, there's something to it though, because I've been to, and I know you've been to and even participated in live wrestling shows, but you've been to some of the bigger events and green Lord. (laughs) They do chicken fighting in a big arena in San Juan. Really? Really? I guess it's not illegal there. Well, yeah. So if they can get, if they can get on their feet for uh, chicken fighting, then yeah. I guess WWE would make sense. Uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> Completely lost my train of thought. Oh, so I, I've been to live shows and like I'll use All In as an example. And then like the last, well, not the last time. Okay, I will use All In as an example of how a crowd can just make a show. Like All In was a wall of sound the whole show through everyone popped for all the same stuff everybody singing along to entrance themes the place like literally erupted when cody won the nwa title yeah there were multiple parts of the show where there probably wasn't anyone sitting like it was just explosive the whole way through and then the last time i went to a live smackdown i stayed for the whole show for two reasons the first which the first of which being that i bought the ticket uh, and the second one being uh, out of respect for the wrestlers. And I actually, I left just as they were starting 205 Live, but I was there with my girlfriend at the time, and she was not about to sit through another hour of wrestling. I would have, if it had been just me, I would have stayed just out of respect for the wrestlers, but I really did not care to watch the show. And again, that's not a knock at the wrestlers. That's a knock at how WWE was presenting the product. And it wasn't just me. I'd say half, maybe not half, but at least a third of the people got up and left after SmackDown. But the whole the whole show was like quiet most of the time. And it was just so dull and not boring, but it's just nobody was into it. And it was just kind of a drag. Like... The crowd makes a huge difference, and Puerto Rico was on fire. But it was definitely a show. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed. And for those of you who missed it, um, when I do watch a show live, I will live tweet for it. And 
I was doing live tweeting throughout this one. And it's just like, Jesus, this crowd is on fire. And all, during the opening match all the way through the end, they were just... And there were definitely highlight moments, which we'll get into later, but this crowd was solidly behind EO Sky. Um, I, like you, I think Bianca will lose her title imminently just because she's been drafted to SmackDown. And I, I really, really hope they don't just do a belt swap. But Rhea still has her title. And I don't think they're going to yeah. take that off of her anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. So it's like, what are they going to do? Is this some weird ploy where they're going to where they're gonna allow Rhea to just appear on both shows? Because she's on the Raw roster, but she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Maybe. I'm not sure. I think that's the only one, and it's not my ideal. Do you? Green Lord asked, "Do you mind if I?" It was it was in Indianapolis, Green Lord. So it was it was not a big SmackDown show, but that's kind of what I'm. The crowd still wasn't into it. Like even Roman Reigns, who was on top of the world, because this wasn't that long ago. It was shortly after they just started doing the head of the table thing with him, uh, the whole tribal chief thing, but. Even when he came out, it wasn't like some people popped, but it wasn't, I mean, it was no raving hell. And he wrestled. It wasn't just a promo. So, eh, I don't really, I don't know. It was just kind of an eh show. The dark match, Apollo Crews was in a dark match. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, what I was saying about Rhea Ripley, if a lot of times when I make these comparisons, when I say this is what I would do, I'm assuming that like, okay, let's say I got hired. I got brought in tomorrow. They say, here's, here's what's going on. So book it from here. If I was given this plate to book and I was told, listen, Rhea has to stay champion, but she's drafted to raw. The only logical thing I could come up with was that, okay, well, she's going to be on both shows because she's a raw roster member, but she's a SmackDown women's champion. Which might be what they want to do because Rhea Ripley is one of the most popular people in W, not just women, one of the most popular wrestlers in WWE right now. So it would make sense to want to show her on TV or they might use that as a device to slowly get her away from the Judgment Day, at least on one show. Because the Judgment Day is all on Raw. See, wouldn't it be the same scenario for Bianca then? What's that? Wouldn't that be the same scenario for Bianca then? Well, theoretically, but like I think she's going to lose her title soon. But if she was Raw Women's Champion, theoretically, that would be the case. Or the other option, which I would agree with more, is, okay, well, we have to have a unification match and just have one women's title. That's exactly what I was about to get at. Which Rhea would win. Just... I would prefer that from a story's perspective, but also it's obvious that they're pushing Rhea more than Bianca right now. And like I said, Bianca has been champion for a while. She's probably due for a vacation. I would assume. Yeah. So she's been doing it on a consistent basis. Yeah. And putting out really, really good matches. So like when I say that I would pick Rhea over her, it's got nothing to do with Bianca or a lack of skill, which she does not have. It's just that it's obvious that they're pushing Rhea. Because, I mean, if you, I'm sure that if you looked at social media data, Rhea Ripley is way above. But there was a time when Bianca was at that same level or at least close to Rhea Ripley. Yeah. It's really hard to tell what's going to go on and what they're going to do. With them, anything can happen at the drop of a ball. Yeah, it's just as long as they don't... Um, not embarrassed, but as long as they don't devalue the women's title, which if you made only if you made it only one, it would be instant value. And not only that, it would really help. It would have not that Rhea Ripley needs help being pushed, but it would it would just give that much more credibility to her. I think that would be the way to go if you asked me. And you can still continue the feud because Rhea Ripley. Oh, I'm sorry, no, Rhea Ripley's on Raw, so you couldn't continue that feud. But then they almost have to keep two titles because, again, if you're going to not share rosters, the only way around this is, even then, it's not a good way because the only way around, there's two ways around 
having one women's title or like one uh, world title if you have two shows. And that's either it's a shared roster or the champions can appear on both shows, but then you have to be very creative how you come up with number one contenders if there's only one title. Yeah. Either way, you oh, or or you just have two women's titles and two world titles. So I guess three mm-hmm. options. Yeah. So I was uh, something again about Rhea, and this is off the blue moon. One of my friends is also uh, watches wrestling. Uh, he threw this idea at me, and he said um, he was going on about how China was the first woman to win the IC title, and he brought up the idea. He goes, "In today's wrestling, who do you think would be?" a women's champion. And to be honest, first person that comes to mind is Rhea. Well, considering that she's, who's, who's the, well, not Gunther, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing her beat up Austin theory. And I would be okay with that too. If the story prohibits. Well, I, I wouldn't because they're both heels right now, but yeah. Uh, plus that would like I I don't care what anybody says like that would still hurt theory, not as much as it would hurt Gunther, but you know what I mean. I st- I don't like it, and I know I'm like the only I'm the dinosaur. I'm the only one who doesn't like it. I don't like intergender wrestling when it's like that. Although weirdly enough, Lucha Underground did it super well. I can't really explain how they did it so much better because I just rewatched. Speaking of EO Sky, see, man, this whole week I've been on a roll with tying stuff back around. Uh, speaking of EO Sky, when she was in Lucha Underground, she had a hell of a match with Pentagon Junior. I do remember seeing that match. Man, it was good. And I just pfft. so Lucha Underground being the exception. Um, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of intergender wrestling. I know I'm in the minority here, and I have my reasons. I've gone over that before. Mostly because, like, it's not a gender thing or a safety thing. It's just that, like it or not, the whole believability factor. Now, Rhea Ripley's a bit of an exception just because of her. She's she's big. Yeah. She's very tall. She's very big. She's obviously extremely strong. Uh, but that does hurt theory. Now, if Theory's going to lose to any woman, especially on the roster today... If they're like, listen, you have to lose to a woman. Who do you want to lose to? I'd be like, yeah, Rhea. Rhea can absolutely kick my ass. Uh, I would, you as champ or not, I'd still let Rhea kick my ass. (laughs) Well, let's not go there. Creep. Anyway. Becky PG. Do what? Becky PG. Yeah, it's PG, pal. Uh, but as as we all know, uh, Bianca retained her title. And I'll be honest, for an 18-minute match, it didn't feel like 18 minutes. And I mean that in a good way. It really didn't. It, it, like, it started off a little slow, but like after that, it felt like the match flew. But not too fast. Like Everything made sense. And man, EO took that face bump, which was, I, I'll tell you right now, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I know it was intentional because if you actually face planted like that, I'm sure her nose would have been broken. But damn, it looked really convincing. Yeah, it, I swore she smacked her face, like legit. For a second, I thought she might have, but then when she got right back up, I mean, that's either kudos on your ability to power through, but I think it was deliberate because of the way she fell. It wasn't Bianca's fault. And it did seem like she just kind of let herself go, but man, it looks, it looked brutal. Now there was another spot that was similar. I fully believe was intentional, but that's, that's the main event. Um, but like I said, as we know, Bianca retained her title, but I think we're going to see more of EO sky. I hope we see more of EO Sky. Back to that real quick. I think I'm, I think we might see a split from damage control. I think you're right, and I agreed with you when you said it the first time. I just, well, I'll put it this way. Now my opinion has somewhat changed because you can build up EO Sky, and it's not that Dakota Kai is not talented. Obviously, she had a 
pretty decent run in NXT and she told some really interesting stories. But that's when she was a baby face that was punching up all the time. I think there's going to be an odd person out here, and I think that is going to be Dakota Kai. Yeah. I think Dakota Kai is kind of going to fade into the background, but you'll see EO uh, get more singles wins and kind of elevate up the card, and Bailey's already up there, so just give her mm-hmm. a target. Agreeable. So anything else to add to Bianca and EO? Uh, not not at all. All righty. Well, next, I'm going to have to eat some crow on this one. Oh, speaking of which, we were right, and we both said Bianca would retain. Uh, but I got to eat crow on this one. You were right, buddy. Seth Rollins defeated the giant, almost a wrestler. And it, and it was done in a way so it, it was believable. You know what? That was the first thought I had in my head. I was like, well... Jake's eating crow on this one because that's the <laughs> only that's the only way this match could have gone without hurting either individual because I don't care how tall you are, a top rope curb stomp is gonna fuck you up. Oh yeah, and it did. And wow, Seth is so good at that. Just as brutal as he can make that look and be safe with it, that's just bravo. Yeah, I mean, that's all you... The match was short, sweet, and to the point, and it was believable. It wasn't like that short. Know. It was ten and a half minutes. Was it? It's, it felt a lot shorter than that. I know, right? It did. This whole card... Actually, WWE has kind of mastered how long a pay-per-view like this should be. It's not too long. It's not too short. It actually was... I don't know what the actual runtime was, but it wasn't much longer than a Monday Night Raw. What was this about maybe three and a half hours? But way better. I mean, I don't have too much to say about this match. It was good. And as much as I hate Seth Rollins' character, I always see, I always enjoy seeing him in the ring. Yeah. It makes, well, actually, after the aftermath of Monday Night Raw, now I'm pretty well confirmed. I think Seth is going to win that world title. I. I don't know. Well, what, what did it end up being? Because I haven't watched SmackDown yet, but I looked at the bracket. It's Seth versus... AJ Styles. AJ Styles, that's right. Um, I still and think even, it's going to be Seth. Even at that, AJ and Edge and Ray had a killer match. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to watch it. It's just... Okay, so... Before wrestling fans hate me in the comments, here is... There's two reasons why I don't watch WWE. Well, actually, I don't watch any wrestling live anymore unless it's a pay-per-view. Just because It's because of my schedule. I used to watch Dynamite Live, but my schedule... So basically, I watch SmackDown on Mondays, Mondays or Tuesdays. Then I'll watch Raw on Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday, if I can... Oh, no, Wednesday is an off day unless I have to watch Raw on Wednesday. Then Thursday, I watch NXT because I have my other podcasts I have to do, so I don't have much time. And NXT, I usually skip anyway. Like, the last episode of NXT I tried to watch, it opened with this stupid picnic thing, and that just turned me off for the whole thing. I honestly did not care what the rest of the show was because it was so stupid that I just... Just whatever. Yeah. Then on Friday, I'll watch Dynamite, and Saturday, I'll watch Rampage. And then Sundays are reserved for New Japan shows that I can fit in or want to make the time and make sure that I watch. Yeah. So that's like, when we do these on Sundays, I haven't watched that week's SmackDown yet. So you're a week behind, basically. On SmackDown, yes. But not quite, because it's on Friday. So it's only a few days behind, but... But Seth and AJ, like, I'm not sure. Like, they're not really doing much with any of them. Yeah, I will say, um, I, I'm dig. I still don't dig the name, but I'm digging what they're doing with the OC. Although I can't, it's not that I dislike it. I just can't explain to you why Mia Yim is with them. I'm not sure either. 
I don't get it, but I don't hate it. I just I think don't get it. Yeah, I think honestly it would have been a better fit for like Emma or somebody like Tegan Knox or Well, somebody that they've had a relationship with, which they don't really have a lot of female compatriots, so if if Maria Canellis had been, no wait, she was against the Bullet Club. Never mind. I just don't know. Like I said, I'm just going to have to see how that one plays out. Because like I said, I don't dislike it. It's just my first thought was, why is she there? Yeah. It's it's whatever. They'll figure it out. But I like what I see. And their new op- and their new entrance theme is uh, really good. But yeah, Seth almost lost to almost, but he ended up beating almost. So, but almost looked good. For what this match was. He did. Yep, but Seth won. So then we get on to the one that we we woo we called this one. Austin Theory retained his US title against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. And not only were we right about Theory winning, but we were right with how he was going to win. He was going to opportunistically get the pin, and that's exactly what he did. Now, honestly, there's not much to say about this match because not like they obviously wrestled, but there wasn't like nothing huge other than like the one part where uh, Bronson Reed was on the second and gave a Vader bomb to basically gave a Vader bomb to Bobby Lashley on the outside. Yeah, which I I did. I had a holy shit moment there. But yeah, I mean, it was. It's like this match was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's just like you said, there's nothing really. It's because it was expected, but again, that's not really a dig. That's just it was exactly what I expected it to be. So there's not much to elaborate on because we've already elaborated on it. Yeah. (laughs) We're live, pal. Uh, so we will move on, but Austin Theory is still the champion for the time being. Actually, it was a really short match. It was just under seven minutes. And uh, But the next match, well, the match didn't contain it, but the next segment contained probably my favorite moment of the night was uh, Rhea Ripley defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against mm-hmm. Zelina Vega, hometown heroine, heroine Zelina Vega, who is not, she wasn't born in Puerto Rico, but her family's from Puerto Rico. She is of Puerto Rican descent, and holy shit, did that place pop for her, man. Oh, my goodness. Like, there was, like, not digging on Zelina, but that's probably the biggest pop she'd ever had in her life. That's not through her own fault, but yes, you're probably right. And, like, she cried and everything, so... How could you not? It's kind of like, um, I forget what pay-per-view it was, but Edge had a match in Toronto with Cena. And the crowd was just on fire. And you could see him. Visit. He, ended, he ends up slapping himself a couple times to yeah, snap out of it. But And Cena, like, there's this little... In studio. <laughs> there's, this, there's this moment where Cena, like starts to walk up and then realizes what's happening and then just kind of backs up and lets him have his moment. Yeah. Which class act. But again, they let, they knew exactly what this match was. They let Zelina have her moment. They, they knew exactly what they were doing. And I think Puerto Rico knew too, like Zelina wasn't going to win, but they still let, and this is one of those times where it's like losing did nothing to damage Zelina and she still got to have her moment in the sun, in the spotlight. It made sense, and you know they were, you know that they expected that to happen because they lingered. Normally, after a match ends, they don't linger for too long, but they let her have her moment. And uh, this match also contained a spot that I would simultaneously consider one of the funniest and also one of the most cringeworthy moments I've ever seen in wrestling. The moment itself is funny. The commentary explaining it was cringe as hell. Yeah. Michael Cole saying the word chancla and explaining it. I'm just like, oh, dear God. 
I was always like, no, don't white man explain it. Just let it be. Those that know, know, and those that don't know can Google it. So for those of you who don't know, I'm just kidding. Now, because if you don't understand, Google it. But uh, I, thought, I thought that was hilarious. Apparently, they're selling them now. Oh, Lord. Sorry, not trying to For all the viewers, I'm still technically at work while doing this. So I'm kind of keeping an eye of what's going on. Goings on, the happenings of. Yes. But uh, if I yeah. randomly disappear for a split second, I'll be back momentarily. I'll cover you. But because um, this is what we do for you, our fans, all 87 of you. Um, all 87 of you. I do it while I'm at work. Yeah. Because I like it. Yeah, because we like doing it. Uh, but, yeah, apparently they're selling those flip-flops on WWEshop.com. They say Rhea Ripley on them. <laughs> oh, my God. I loved it. But uh, actually, the match was solid. I, I think I've said this before, but if not, I'll say it. For the first time, and if I have said it before, I'll say it again. Selena Vega's Meteoras, man. Ugh. Yeah. Just brutal. I I wish, as much as I like them, I really wish she'd stop doing them. Yep. Just for the Coming sake of... Okay. Just for the sake of her knees. Um, God, it looks like... They are brutal beyond brutal. But I really wish... As much as I enjoy them, like I said, I just really wish she would stop doing them because as someone who's had two knee surgeries and just knee problems in general, it's just, it's painful to watch. I wouldn't want to take it nor give it. Like, they're just absolutely brutal. Well, while we're waiting on Brian to come back, I want to elaborate again. If you enjoy combat sports, the being wrestling, mixed martial arts, Muay Thai, anything else do please at least check out sosa potence 300 on youtube and if you're looking for an interesting fight card to watch um, and actually the average intelligence podcast will be doing a live stream live reacting to the pay-per-view so you could check that out if you like um, or find out if your local watering hole will put it on or like just just get a bunch of friends to chip in sosa is a very very talented fighter and tough as nails so it'd be a good good fight to watch um, while we're waiting for Brian too, we'll probably circle back to Selena Vega versus Rhea Ripley, but we'll go ahead and move on to the only match of the night that I really, I understand why they did it. Uh, don't understand, like, I understand why they did it, but I don't, I didn't like it. And the whole time I just wanted it to be over, but I am personally biased, but that was Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest in a San Juan street fight. Now, the crowd did majorly pop for Bad Bunny, which I figured they would. Um, and this says a lot. Talking about Bad Bunny, this says a lot, too. They picked one of his worst songs ever to be his entrance theme. But I assume he picked it, so whatever. Um, I was partially right on that. Well, we were right. We knew Bad Bunny was going to win, but... The manner in which he won was really the the part I had the biggest problem. But I called this part of it, too. I did say I don't think it was a great idea to make this a singles match because if it's not a tag match, there are fewer opportunities to cover for Bad Bunny and his lack of experience. I'm not even going to say lack of talent because I will give credit where credit's due. Um, I did attribute a lot of that to The Miz and Priest, and once again, a lot of the best moments of the match I attribute to Priest, including the finish, which Bad Bunny won with a Puerto Rican destroyer. Actually, that's an interesting one. Leave this in the comments. So, do you think the move is called a destroyer, or is it... Because originally it was the Canadian destroyer, but I'm in the camp of, I believe, it's a geographically specific destroyer. Meaning, like, if someone from Puerto Rico does it, it's a Puerto Rican destroyer. If it's someone who's Canadian, it's Canadian destroyer. If it's from if they're from Japan, Japanese destroyer. You get my drift. I think the only exception is when it's in the U.S. on a U.S. title match. I think then it can just be a destroyer. But um, but yes, and 
I could tell when Bad Bunny did it, I could tell Priest was doing it. A lot of this match was just, I don't know. I don't want to criticize the in-ring work too much just because it, I don't like to do that. But this match was, sorry, this match was 25 minutes long. And I think it was 20 minutes longer than it should have been. Sorry, not sorry. The uh, Priest looked good, but the whole time I questioned his sanity because I un- again I understand why he did it, but if this were a real fight, I guess you could argue that Priest wasn't taking him seriously. But having wrestled and trained him in storyline at least before, you would think that he would have just wanted to huh, destroy him. But like I said, I think the match overall was kind of. Eh, you know, but I get why they did it. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico popped big for Bad Bunny, so it made sense. I think Brian's in trouble. Who thinks Brian's in trouble? This guy. But... The next match we had, checking one thing real quick, I apologize. The next match we had was the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, Jimmy and Jey Uso against Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Owens and Zayn are still the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, but this was a six-man tag team match that the Bloodline ended up winning in decisive fashion. Pretty good match. No complaints at all. Um, like we predicted. Actually, I think we predicted... No, I, we were wrong. We predicted that Riddle, Owens, and Zayn would win. But I'm actually pleased with this because it continues the story. We were right in the sense that we figured this match would be inconsequential, but it would just continue the story of what was going on. But it did so in a good way, and the Bloodline won clean, so I can't complain about that because this is just going to keep the uh, the rivalry going. It's going to keep the story with the Bloodline going. And all that good stuff. Ryan, I need you to bounce off of. Brian. There he is. Hey. Oh, it's good, buddy. I was, I was struggling without you. I can hear everything you're talking about. Oh, okay. I was struggling I without everything. you. <laughs> okay. So the Zelina Rhea match, it was what it was for. It was a great match. Zelina got a huge pop. Like, she deserved that pop. It's honestly um, a clinic on babyface versus heel wrestling. It, it was a perfect baby baby face heel match. It was for what it was. Uh, Rhea won. We knew it was going to happen. They're not going to pull the title off her. But, but if it was, oh, I was just not to not to cut you off. But it's like yeah. even though, and this is this is what I mean by it's it's good wrestling psychology and good baby face versus heel match because even though I like I knew Rhea was going to win, there were moments where I was still like pulling for Zelina. Yeah, and it, and if it was the perfect time for Zelina to win. If it was meant to happen, it would have been that night. Because they would have they would have booked the setup for it. But like yeah. taking that match and just inserting it into different booking, absolutely would have been a perfect spot for her to win. But it's not like losing hurt her. And she had those mm-hmm. moments backstage with Ray and the LWO. Uh, I don't yeah. think at the show. Well, no, at the show, but also on Raws and stuff. Yeah, it just it it all made sense. It all worked. Um, well, and Zelina and Zelina's now a baby face. A huge baby face. Yeah, she went from Good. being a snobby heel. Yeah. So, but that yep. was that. Yep. And then now we're on to the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Um, that, that travesty. I. I didn't personally see anything wrong with the match. I saw a lot wrong with it, but just, like it wasn't that it was bad. Actually, there were a couple of moments that I thought were kind of eye-rolling bad. It yeah. was obvious, and I figured it would be. Um, it's obvious that Priest was carrying this match, and there were some moments where, like I said, I questioned 
uh, I question Damian Priest's like intelligence because a lot of times he's just standing there waiting for Bad Bunny to do something. And, yeah. And this isn't a dig; it's just an observation. Like Bad Bunny obviously doesn't know how to move in the ring, which makes sense because he's not a wrestler. Yeah. For for his level of skill, he's quite good, and I won't take that away from him. But like, if I'd been Priest, like I said, when you were dealing with your work situation, um, you would think that someone who in storyline trained and wrestled with Bad Bunny would know what to expect more and would proactively try to end the match. But a lot of times Priest, like Priest is just sitting there letting Bad Bunny hit him with a kendo stick. Yeah, and then, so Bad Bunny did help initially train him. But Brian Kendrick actually trained him this last time to prepare for this match with with uh, Damian Priest. And Brian Kendrick is for, if you believe it or not, if you watch Total Divas, you might know that Brian Kendrick was hired many times by WWE to help train people because he handled not exclusively, but primarily the training, the the um, further training of Eva Marie. A lot of people yeah. don't know that. If you watch Total Divas, you would know that. But Brian Kendrick is a phenomenal trainer. Oh, he is. Who was also trained by, you should know this. I'm not sure. Brian Kendrick was trained by Shawn Michaels. I did not know that one. I think so. I'm going to verify that. But I know uh, uh, Brian Danielson, Brian Kendrick, uh, Lance Cade, and there's one more person I'm probably forgetting. But onto your Canadian destroyer thing with a Canadian destroyer. Yep, Shawn Michaels. And William Regal. Damien Priest is the one that controls the whole thing. Yes, I know. But what I meant by that was it it was obvious. I know that in a destroyer, the person taking it is actually the one who's doing the bulk of yeah. the... But I've seen it done where you can't tell. Um, with this it's one, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, it was a great match. A lot of surprises, like... It was an okay match. Oh, that, yeah, Carlito, which... Carlito coming out like a freaking stud. Except who made the joke that said, you oh, did. I did. I said, oh, if they're going to debut anybody, it's going to be Carlito. And then Carlito came out. I was just like, holy shit. And they freaking popped for him. I figured they it would because Carlito's like, great. It looks like Carlito ate Carlito. I know, right? And, like, to be honest... I wouldn't mind seeing him back on Raw or SmackDown on a weekly basis for one I'm, last run. I'm hoping they were hinting at that. Because the last time when he debuted back, at, or he came back at the Rumble, they were wanting to, and they did like a one-off with him. Well, there's like one or two shows they'd done it with me, done with him, and then they didn't do anything else. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him back on Raw or SmackDown no, and just bring him bring him into the LWO and introduce him that way. And then after that's they're done doing that. I mean, he's just I mean, Carlito has a track record, so it's like you can put him anywhere, he'll be fine, you know. Yeah, I heard the biggest reason is because of his attitude. I heard that's like Well, and I'm sure that I'm sure he's older now, he's wiser. He's obviously not not wrestling, you know, because yeah, he's in tremendous shape. I bet you his attitude is way different now. Oh, I guarantee it. Um, and Savio Vega coming out. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. I popped for that. Not going to lie. I popped for Savio Vega. I mean, I expected it to happen. Like you're not going to have somebody like that backstage and then not have something to do. Oh with yeah. Once, once they, once they showed him backstage, I was like, oh, he's going to be in the run in spot. Although they didn't do that as much as I thought they were going to, which I think, I think it would have been better if they'd actively held bad bunny win, because unfortunately well, you know, it's it's like so many other people have said. It's like, okay, great, Bad Bunny won. Yeah, who's going to be there on Monday? Yep. Damian Priest. And, like, this is where wrestling, if you think too hard about it, which I, I know I do. I know you're not supposed to think too hard about it. It's wrestling. But it's like, okay, Damian Priest lost the match of the pay-per-view, and now he's in the tournament for the new world title. And he lost. He lost to somebody who's not even a wrestler. Yeah, I agree. 
That's that's my only beef. Where whereas if the LWO had helped him win, I mean it, it's just more believable to me. But I that's a pretty minor criticism, and I like I said I totally understand why they did this because it's yeah. like who's gonna sell tickets? Although I think they honestly should have had a concert before or after, which maybe they did. That would have been a perfect idea. Oh, Green Lord. Uh, actually, HBK apparently trained um, Brian Kendrick, too. I looked it up. I don't know if you saw that. I was. I remember in the Shawn Michaels documentary that WWE, WWE did, which is very good, um, it was talking about some of the people he trained, and uh, Brian Danielson was one of them, as was Brian Kendrick, and Paul London, and Lance Cade, yeah. Some of the few. And that's pri- obviously way prior to his NXT days. But, but uh, Bad Bunny won, and I mean, that's, that's all else I have to say about that. It was pretty much what I expected. It was like I said, I, I honestly think this should have been a tag. I still maintain this should have been a tag. But I digress. It's It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I know a lot of people were upset. I thought, like, when we read this out, I think I even said, I'm like, oh, I hope this isn't the main event. But there were a lot of people who were upset that it wasn't the main event. Well, originally I thought it was supposed to be the main event. Well, right, because that was the order that we had read it off. And I think at one point it probably was going to be. But I actually, I'm I'm in the minority here. I actually agree with the main event being what it was. Yeah. But um, there's one match between this and the main event, and that was the Bloodline versus the Bros. I'm just calling them the Bros now. The Fighting Bros. Yeah. It was an obvious match to Usos. We were actually wrong. We predicted that Riddle, Owens, and Zayn would win, but we were kind of, like I said, we were we were right in the sense that this match was the match itself was inconsequential it was just going to advance the story yeah i think this match uh you picked one side i picked the other just because oh i think i think you're right i i remember picking uh riddle owens and zane i don't i don't remember i think this was the match that you picked one side i picked the other just because we didn't really know who was going to win. I thought that was Rollins and Omos, but I can't remember. Let us know in the comments, YouTube. You'll let us know. Yeah, we've slept since then. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like I said, the match was what it was for. There's not really much to talk about. It just, like you said, progressed the story. Although, the more I... like, Not that I wasn't impressed with Solo Skoa already, but the more I see him, the more I'm impressed. And I definitely thought that was going to be where solo turned on the usos well that's that tells me it's coming but this is one of their this is one of their genius moments because i know it's coming but i don't know when there's another thing that you don't know about smackdown roman and solo are going to face owens and sammy at night of champions for the tag title and either roman and solo is going to win or the Usos are going to screw them out of winning it. Now, when is Night of Champions again? May 27th. Well, that's unfortunate because we don't have a show before then. Oh, well. Oh, and then and then Double or Nothing is the 28th. Lots of wrestling coming up. Lots of wrestling. Well, how long have we been on here? Do you want to, real quick, after we touch on the main event, you want to make some predictions for Night of Champions or just some real quick ones? Or, Well, I still think there's going to be a few more matches added to it because if Roman's going to be world champion, he's got to have to defend it too. That's true. Yeah, it's just we don't have another show before it airs. But, oh, well. Anyway, yeah, match was expected. But then we've got the main event, which was better than I thought it was going to be, and I expected it to be pretty good. Cody Rhodes against the Beast, Brock Lesnar, um, and then the spot I referenced earlier in the show, where, which I, I laughed, but at the same time was kind of like, well, if you're going to do it, that's a hell of a way to do it. When Cody 
was doing undoing the turnbuckle and then Brock suplexed him and he flung it into the crowd. That was pretty hilarious. I thought that was hilarious because like Cody likes to throw turnbuckles into the crowd, but I was like, well, that's a way to incorporate it into the match. Oh, yeah. Um, but then the spot I was talking about was where Brock, correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm very, I'm certain Brock didn't blade for that. I'm pretty sure he did it the hard way. He did it the hard way. Brock only does it the hard way. Brock doesn't like to blade. That You know what? That doesn't surprise me because I've always thought about that too. I don't think, it, like if I was a wrestler, I don't think I would like to blade. Like, I don't think anybody likes to blade, but... As per experience, it, sometimes it's kind of rough because it's like, do I really want to do this? Right. Like, why would I want to cut my own self open? Yeah, but... And honestly, I think in this case, it certainly wasn't a mistake. I think it added to it. And plus, no, now we can point Now we can point to and say, oh, wrestling's fake, hey? Look, watch this. Yeah, and then it, that raw afterwards, uh, you could see that it was real because it was ugly I s- looking. I saw the stitches, man. Which I guess is one of the perks of blading because it would be easier to... Yeah, theoretically, it, yeah, it can be easier to seal up. But And I think, I think he did it a little bit better than he was trying to do it because, I mean, he it was boring. But, I mean, that's such a... That's such a Cody match, and I mean that in the best way possible. Well, there weren't no rubber ducks thrown in the ring, so... Yeah, so... Man, I, I got this. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I think that was honestly the only way Cody would have won, is the way he did it. I thought the same thing, because I figured Cody... Well, no, actually, I wasn't sure. No, I said Brock was going to win, didn't I? Because I thought they were going to do the whole kick Cody while he's down, but then I thought he was going to go for the world title, which he went for it, but man, t- subverted my expectations because he, he didn't even make it past the first round. Oh, no. But he got screwed out of it. Because of Brock. Which means, I and I'm actually, I watched all that go down, and I thought to myself, I was like, okay, um, WWE's playing me like a fiddle because... I, obviously, I was disappointed that Cody didn't win at WrestleMania. Now I'm like, well, shit, now what are they going to do? Well, now, and I came up with the metaphor, and I actually, oh, I'm so glad I thought about this because I, I now understand, and I I agree. I know you're about to fall out of your chair. I agree with what WWE is doing if I'm right about what they're doing because it makes sense. So I get why they wouldn't want Cody to come in and defeat Roman Reigns like that, because where did Cody just come from? It's like a punishment from Triple H. Well, it's not a punishment. It's they don't want to send the subliminal message that, you know, oh, the AEW guy can come in and beat our world champion on the first go-around. So I 100% understand why they're doing what they're doing. But they they they're playing the audience so well because they set the match up against the first match against Roman up perfectly. Everybody thought Cody was going to win, and now he's, you know, he's been thrown off the mountain, so to speak. And now yeah. he's going to have to. Brock Lesnar is his first obstacle, and because like us, everybody thought, oh well, they're just going to put that new world title belt on Cody. Well, now Cody has to be now Cody has to deal with Brock, and yeah. then after that, we're going to see his path to the world title. Are we going to see Cody and Seth again at WrestleMania? Maybe, but I, I, I still maintain that Cody has to beat Roman. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's what they'll do, but to me, it just seems empty if Cody doesn't beat Roman for that belt. And it's got to yeah. be that belt. It's more important than beating Roman. It's got to be that belt because the new belt isn't the belt his dad didn't win. I mean, his dad didn't win the belt, obviously, but that's because the belt doesn't even have its first champion yet. Yeah. But he's got to win the WWE championship. And right now, Roman has it. Yeah, and I'm not sure, like, they haven't stated that they're unifying them titles either yet either. I mean, they have to, right? They have to. 
you're going to unify them and make them one title. I mean, it's just that means you got to make one new belt, another new belt. Well, I know, but that would be. I they they got to have that in the works. Like I said, I was really excited when they debuted the new belt because I thought that was the unified title, but I was wrong. Or what they could do. And they could do another thing like they did with The Rock. They could make his own version of his own belt. Right, yeah, I think that's either that or they're going to... And I, I don't think they're going to do this with Cody. But you would think that if Roman was going to do that, he'd have done it by now. Yeah. So maybe they're gearing up to do that for Cody, but... Maybe? I don't... Although, boy, I hope they don't... I'm going to preface this. I think the belt would look cool to do like Cody's version of the, uh, the skull title with Cody's logo, but not for, not for this world championship at this point in time. No, I think it would look as, I think it would be a cool belt, but I don't think that would be right to do right now. Yeah. But who knows, who knows what they're going to do, but I'm going to be watching and Cody's a fucking superstar and they know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. But the other thing too, is I think I could be way wrong. Cause I can't ask him directly. I think Brock Lesnar might actually really like and respect Cody. Cause there were a lot of spots in this match that I can pretty much guarantee Brock Lesnar wouldn't sign off on with just anybody. Yeah. Like, well, for one, the hitting the turnbuckle and bleeding for him. Like, Rock Lesnar bled for him, so. Well, even at that, the ref didn't even put on our gloves for a good minute. Yeah, and uh, they talked about that on Jim Cornette, too, because I think, well, I think they probably knew better than to stop a Rock Lesnar match. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't stop him. <laughs> no. Well, because sometimes, and it's like AEW can take notes on this, sometimes blood will enhance a match. It's just in how you do it. This is yeah. a prime example of blood enhancing a match. And then, like you said, the finish was perfect. Yeah, and then, like, the following week, uh, actually just this past SmackDown in uh, the Triple Threat, with, no, it would have been wrong. The next couple days after that, Bobby got cut open on accident. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, when, did when, that... he got our, when he got Irish Whip into the uh, stairs, he oh. hit his head on the stairs, and it cut him open, and he was bleeding pretty good. Oof. As opposed to Moxley just sitting in the corner. And at this point, Moxley do it right in front of the camera. I just... That's just a prime example, like... I'm now with Mox where I was with Kenny Omega last year. Like, I want to be a fan. Yeah. I want to, but all the dumb shit. (laughs) Which Kenny seems to be rehabilitating himself. I've not seen or heard him do anything super goofy as of late. Well, with what's-his-name just turning on him, I think we'll slowly see the elite falling apart. What's his name just turned on him? I didn't finish Dynamite yet. Uh, their manager, what's his name? Oh, um, not Don, Cutler. Is it... is it Cutler or Nakazawa? Oh, Don Callis. Yeah, Don Callis. Ooh. He hit him back of the head with a screwdriver. Hmm. I wonder what Don Callis could be up to. Oh, oh my God! You just reminded me. Um, ah, you you guys need to YouTube this. Is this was so funny? Um, th- this has been some time ago. It was on the Jim Cornette experience. So he and Brian Last were talking about the whole like Kenny Omega and Don Fallis, uh, not Don Fallis, Don Callis thing. Is Jim Cornette calls him Don Fallis, and they'd made Don Fallis jokes, and then they made somebody had made a joke about. Uh, Don Callis teaching Kenny Omega how to masturbate. And then Jim Cornette just goes, the invisible hand. I was not prepared for that when I was listening to it in the car, almost swerved off the road. That shit was funny as hell. But listen, listen to the Jim Cornette experience at your own peril while driving, because sometimes the zingers are like RKO's out of nowhere. 
Well, speaking of RKO, a uh, new rumor has it uh, doctors say Orton needs to retire. That, that he should not be back to the ring. That would be very unfortunate, but not terribly surprising just for how long he's been going at it, at the level he's been going at it. At a consistent basis, too. Very consistent, too. I mean, I has Randy, I think he's had an injury or two, but I. A couple times. Yeah, but not. I mean, because hell, when did he debut in 2002? Yeah. With Evolution? 2002, 2003, yeah. And that was on the main roster. He'd been in OBW prior to that. Yeah. So, but basically main roster and was pretty much a main eventer. Well, maybe not a main eventer, but he was in the spotlight from pretty much day one. Yeah. So 2002, that's almost 20 years of active in-ring little over 20 years of active in-ring work at the level that he's been working. That's tremendous. And honestly, like, I'd hate to see him go, but I'd rather see him go now and still be healthy and all that good stuff than to see him go too long and end up with a really bad injury or even just wear and tear injuries that affect his quality of life later. You know, but he could also, Randy Orton be a hell of a trainer. I think he would. Well, because, I mean, geez, the way he moves in the ring is second to none. It's, yeah, I would. And and especially with his attitude being much better nowadays than in his youth, I think he could be a tremendous. I think he'll still be employed by WWE for the rest of his life, but. Probably. Yeah, in some capacity. But, uh well, we obviously wish, wish Randy Orton the best. And if he makes a recovery and is able to come back in the ring, I think Cody would like to have a program with Randy before he retires, though. Yeah. And I think that would be that'd be some damn good TV. I think it would, too. Well, you got anything left to add for Backlash, or we want to wrap this baby up? I have nothing else to say, buddy. I have something else to say. Buy the pay-per-view. Watch my good friend Sosa kick some ass. And everybody enjoy Night of Champions. Unfortunately, we won't do predictions, or we might do many predictions, maybe. Just record some, share them on our other channels, Instagram and TikTok, which you should definitely follow. um, Because, actually, we should do that. We should make... Well, we'll we'll message after and we'll do we'll each take a list of matches and make our predictions. Yeah, I'll put it on tick on TikTok, TikTok and tick. Instagram. Oh, tick. Tick. <laughs> you having a gold? You having a you having a gold dust moment there? Tick 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 ah! <laughs> I just watched some of that on YouTube the other day. God damn, that shit was funny. Yeah. It just. I just I love how Triple H can't even hold it together. <laughs> cornbread, damn it, cornbread. I was <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> like, it's so wrong, but it's so funny. And then he walks in on Booker T with his lightsaber. Oh, my God. And he says, he's Obi Book Kenobi. Oh my God! Say what you will. Some of that stuff is just gold, 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 gold dust. <laughs> like it's so offensive, but it's still funny as hell. Um, but like we said, we'll share our predictions there. Everybody enjoy Night of Champions. I know I'm going to, and maybe we'll do the same thing with Double or Nothing. Might as well. Might, might as well. Might as well, well figure it out. We'll get it to you guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Are you still looking at the cat? Do what? Are you still looking at the cat? No, he's gone. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Let me talk to you. Woo. Yeah. Well, thank you once again for enjoying an episode of Down the Middle. As always, we enjoyed having you, and thank you, Green Lord, for joining the conversation. Always appreciate people who comment. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe as well if you haven't already. And if you would rather listen to the audio podcast rather than watch it, 
And that way you can avoid the black screens of when work interferes with the real job, damn it. Uh, you can okay. check us out on Apple Pod. I'm just playing with you, buddy. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, other stuff, YouTube Music as well. I forgot about YouTube Music. We're on there. And uh, Podcast Addict. There's other stuff. Basically, all the major podcast platforms you can find us on there. And uh, we will see you in two weeks where we will most likely, actually, I think that will be Double or Nothing Day. So we will probably... Maybe we can try to get one done a little bit earlier in the day. Yeah, I figure we can, because Double or Nothing... Well, even if we do it at the normal time, Double or Nothing shouldn't start until 7. Yeah, we can have it done right at 7. Well, that's the pre-show, too. The actual card should start at 8. So. Yeah, we don't care about pre-show, then. Yeah. AEW pre-shows used to be really good, and now they're kind of the shits. So We'll probably give our thoughts on night of champions and we will have already given our predictions for double or nothing. So that's probably what the plan will be. Or we might have a guest who knows it's always different here on down the middle, but we will see you in two weeks until then play with yourself. I don't know.